Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us is Mr. Pullboy himself from the UK, Steve Buckley, to talk about British trials, British selection processes, and Team GB heading into the Fukuoka 2023 World Champs. Steve, how's it going? Good. Thank you, Coleman. Thanks for having me on. Uh, plenty to talk about from British trials, plenty of drama in the selection, as you've alluded to already. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, so let's start with this. The the biggest thing for, for me and news-wise was, you know, British swimming had laid out this selection process. Um, they have these super fast automatic qualifying cuts and they have consideration cuts. And then they had left room for themselves to pick eight athletes, uh, additional athletes on the world's team who hadn't made either of those cuts Halfway through the trials meet, they have a meeting and they say, you know what, we're going to take that number out instead of just eight athletes. We're just going to say it's up to the discretion of the, the general manager and the head coach. So they can basically pick however many athletes they wanted. When trials ended and they ultimately picked the world champs team, you had five athletes hitting that automatic cut. 10 who hit the consideration cut and then 14 athletes who were chosen at the discretion of team GB. What were, what was your reaction? What were your thoughts on kind of them flip-flopping uh, to, to kind of make up for how fast these selection cuts are halfway through the trials meet? Uh, it's um, it was an unusual situation. Certainly. I mean, we're used to seeing um, fast, selection times. I mean, we've seen them for years over here. And since, um, since Bill Furness and Chris Spice took over in 2013, those times haven't been getting slower. Um, they've generally been getting quicker. So the, the automatic times have, yeah, they've been ramping up for a long time. Um, but I think when I saw the policy for this year, you know, that was, they were faster, but you know, you were used to that. I think where, where I was surprised was how fast the consideration times were. Um, they seem much faster than we've seen in the past. Um, and, and as you say, that kind of is where it fell down because we always expect to see a small number of people get the automatic times and you know, five did this year, but um, very few people were hitting that consideration standard. So they were cutting out loads of the top two from each event at trials from even being able to be picked um, unless they were in those eight, um, those eight wildcard picks that you, that you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I think that was panic might be a bit of a strong description for it, but certainly some head scratching halfway through the meet when they realized that, um, they were going to be using up all of those eight picks to be able to field relays in Fukuoka, which obviously, you know, is going to be part of the, getting those teams into, into the Paris Olympics, um, and something that, um, that they wanted to do. So I think that was probably, uh, in my view, um, the reason that they made the change, but I've never seen it happen before. They've always had the ability to make that that change, you know, whenever they wanted to, but never actually used it. So a bit of a surprise, a bit of a shock, but um, as things turned out, probably the right call. So that's interesting. Why, why do you feel like it's the right call? Especially, I, I mean, 
I think it's the right call given the criteria. So I guess I let me revise that question. Do you think these cuts, these faster consideration cuts, as well as really fast automatic qualifying cuts are, are beneficial to the athletes? Obviously, for Team Great Britain, they seem to think it's beneficial because then they have a little more discretion in picking the team. I guess th their theory is that athletes will rise to the occasion, but you know, and and eventually get faster as time goes on. Do, do you see it that way for the athletes? I think uh, I think it cuts both ways. I mean, there will be people who are good enough that they don't even really look at the qualifying times you know uh someone like tom dean or duncan scott probably you know might look quickly but is not too fussed about it but then you get a whole load of other people who look at it and think well i'm never going to make that in in a million years and it could be quite quite down um down heart no disheartening for them uh, and when you see the qualifying times are faster than the national record you know it that's that's people are not not reaching those times because they're not trying you know you know people are not just thinking oh I've, you know i'm going to swim faster because i know i now have to break a british record i don't think no athletes mentality works like that so i think it, i think it goes both ways um i think you know the the performance stretcher and the, the head coach will point at results over the past you know five six years as being um evidence that it works and it's you know you can't argue that britain's had its best results at olympics worlds um in that period with these standards in place and so maybe it is driving standards up and certainly i think there's a there's more of an expectation for the guys who get on the team that they're going to the, the worlds or the olympics or whatever to do something and not just you know make up the numbers as it were um but uh yeah i think it's it's a fine balance i'm not sure they got it quite right this year yeah, it seemed it seemed odd. Obviously, they pivoted, you know, halfway through this trials, and that, like you said, was the right move. But I am kind of curious moving forward if they'll keep that selection process in place, um, especially for Olympics. It leaves a lot of discretion instead of more of just like a trials, and if you make a cut, you get to be on the team kind of thing, which I guess mm. is a pretty American perspective, right? I mean, that's certainly the way it's been done here for, for quite a while. I mean, Britain doesn't have the same depth of, that the US has, obviously. I mean, not no country right. really does. So you can't set, say, the World Aquatics A time and know that everyone who makes that and finishes top two is going to be a medal contender um, mm. in, in the same way that that would happen at, at US trials and, and maybe to in a number of events you know, in Australia, perhaps. But um, so I think that's that's why they want to keep that discretion. You need to, they want to have you no know, flexibility to make up those relay groups with alternates to make sure that, you know, if, if for the sake of argument, um, Tom Dean has a bad day, they can still pick him, you know, because you've got, Britain's got to get those top people to those meets. Um, and so they need that flexibility. Um, but I think where where a lot of people feel it goes too far is that perhaps it, it gives the impression that they've got favourites rather than looking at performance. Mm -hmm. Now I've, I don't wholly buy that, um, but it certainly gives that that impression, you know, outwardly when you are picking, you know, on discretionary means. Right. Albeit, albeit, I don't think they did do that this time at all. Really, um, when you look at the the squad that was selected, it's almost entirely a team that would have been picked if they'd just taken everyone who had met the, the A time. So, um, hmm. you know, they played it pretty straight after all that. 
Um, they just had to uh, effectively get rid of the consideration time. <laughs> yeah, and so let's let's go to trials trials just uh, a little bit. What uh, what impressed you or what stood out to you from? There was a lot of good, you know, really solid swims from veteran swimmers as well as a lot of really good swims from young up and comers. I mean, Freya Colbert uh, was was a standout athlete at this meet. She's only one of the five who made that automatic qualifying time. Uh, you had a, a 13 year old, a 14 year old winning the 1650 on the women's side. Um, and so what, what, what were your swims that, that stood out the most? I mean, you know, given what we've said about the qualifying times, the five that made it were clearly standout, um, standout performances. Uh, you mentioned Freya Colbert there. She was excellent in the, uh, the 400 IM. I mean, she had a great battle. With, across three events, in fact, with Katie Shanahan, um, the young Scott, who also had a really good meet, you no know, lifetime best and everything. Um, but yeah, they they cut sways off their 400 IM time. They made, made PBs in the 200 back. Uh, Katie Shanahan PB'd in the 200 IM. She beat Abby Wood in that one, but Abby was also close to her best. So they were th- no three really encouraging uh, events. Um, you no, know, with two great performances, you no, know, in the first two places across all of them, so they were they were really great to see. And you know, it's uh, it was interesting to see how Freya and Katie would move on this year because they've come out of their club programs and gone into the performance center system. And sometimes it can take a little while for people to to readjust to that kind of environment. But they seem to have taken all in their stride, and you know, and are moving forward rapidly. So they'll be exciting to watch later in the year, definitely at Worlds. Um, and then in, in, in addition to that, obviously the, uh, the men's sprint freestyle 200 freestyle was, was beyond what I expected. I mean, <laughs> I, I, we, we all know that Britain is developing a bit of a, bit of a niche in 200 freestyling for men, but you know, that the performances in there were were better than I expected. And I certainly wasn't expecting the hundred free to be quite so deep as well so um they were really exciting you know as a british swimming fan that's that's really exciting yeah i i'd like to take a moment to uh talk about something you mentioned transitioning from a club team in britain to a high performance center you know i think the most comparable thing we have in the u.s is going from high school to the college swimming in the in the ncaa but what uh you know what makes you say that that can be sometimes a hard transition for athletes to to get to right off the bat i think um i think there's a you know a lot of a lot of the guys go into it where they where they're at a similar stage in their careers to what you just talked about you know they're leaving school um mm-hmm. they, they might be combining it with it with studying at university or they might just be going into into the performance center directly so i think there's that switch from being a uh, a student athlete to being a full-time athlete to deal with. And then I think when I've spoken to people about this before, a lot of them mention how it's, it's suddenly understanding that yes, you're part of a group, but everything's about you now, rather than you just being one member of a squad. It's right. What do you need in weights? What do you need in nutrition? How are we going to structure your program? And it's very much more focused on the individual just because you know you're in that high performance setup and it's different from being in a club where you're one of a squad of 10 peers or whatever so i think that can be that can be a bit of a transition as well to make plus you know 
you're probably training different times a day. Maybe the emphasis of the training is different. Um, maybe less volume, maybe more specific stuff. You know, there's all these things and they all come at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it can, can, you know, shake people start with. And we've seen people who've taken a little while to get used to that, uh, in the past, um, before they've come good. So yeah, the fact that those two have, have made that, that jump pretty seamlessly is, uh, was impressive. It's, it's kind of funny to me because I mean, that sounds like the jump that a lot of American athletes take when they, when they go pro, right. Or become a yeah. transition to becoming a professional athlete, which is essentially what the, these athletes are doing when they go from their club team to the high performance center. But it, like, like we said, the age range there is when athletes here would go from high school to college typically. And, and the college in the NCAA system, it's like the exact opposite. You know, you, you're, you're going into a predetermined system and you're very much a part of a team. <clears throat> so it's kind of like a club team, but, but more so I think college athletes say they cater to individual athletes a lot and I'm sure they do, but it's like, they've already got their system and, you know, it's a group of coaches coaching within that system and coaching the whole team. So it's interesting how different those two systems are and we've seen both work. Uh, and certainly Britain seems to be having success uh, with, with that system in place as it is. You mentioned the free relays. I'm kind of curious your take on the women's side. <clears throat> it seems like with, you know, Australia, US, Canada have all had really strong relays in the last five years on the women's side at the international stage and long course. I'm and, and Britain seems to be always right there and they've seem to be coming up, but you know, kind of always in that fourth, fifth, sixth spot. Do you think this could be a year where they break through and get a medal in the in the 400 free or 800 free relay, given what you saw at trials? I'm not sure about this year. Um, I'm not. It's the thing on the women's side is that there are the, the sort of frontline quartets in both in both those free relays are competitive. Definitely. They'll make finals. They'll be fourth, fifth, you know, they might challenge for a for a podium certainly i remember in 2021 thinking that the women's four by one had had a shot outside shot at that podium in, in tokyo and, and they you know swam really well and, and you no know, i think fourth or fifth i can't remember exactly but but um what what they don't have is the, the same depth that the men have got so if someone has even a slightly off day no there's no one to to kind of to come in and, and make that up or indeed um no the top two Ladies, Freya Anderson and um, Anna Hopkin, or, or Freya and um, Abby Wood in the in the four by two, they kind of get they might get spread a bit thin by swimming heats, heats finals, heats finals, all the relays, and then their individuals as well. And I think that's been a factor, certainly for the four by two, why they haven't been selected. Um, it looks like they'll swim that this year, which is really good. Uh, the top four at trials were were pretty solid, and then Freya Colbert didn't swim that, but is another one fifty seven, no mid swimmer at least and probably better than that because obviously she set best times and everything else this week and we haven't seen what she can do so uh i think i think that team could take a step forward this year i think the four by one is is probably stuck is maybe the wrong word but probably still mid-table in those finals given what we've seen so far but um it wouldn't take much for them to to move on yeah so it it, in that four by one particular uh at, at olympics and world champs last year they were fifth 
And uh, it seems like <clears throat> at the Olympics, the Netherlands were fourth, and they, but they had uh, Fimka and Renomi, who are now both retired. Um, at Worlds last year, they were fifth. China was fourth. <clears throat> I'm wondering how Canada is going to react to the loss of Kyla Sanchez. And I don't, I, I feel like Penny Alexiak's kind of, we don't know what, what her deal is, if she's going to be at Worlds or not. And so, you know, it's 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 Anna Hopkin, Abby Wood, Freya Anderson. Is Lucy Hope on the team as well? She is, yep. Okay. Yep. So that was so the, that- the, the squad from last year. And it seems like, again, they have an outside shot. And if things fall their way, they, you know, they were two tenths off of uh, China's time last year at Worlds. And China was fourth. And then it's a, it's a three second gap to the U.S. But again, with Canada kind of being uncertain about two of their legs, I feel like there's opportunity there. Yeah, I tend to agree. And um, certainly it's a squad that British swimming have taken an interest in and they've been, you know, um, trying to put uh you know feelers out and get a group of maybe eight ladies who can who can be the core of that relay and from where they can draw them so i think there there are um you know eyes on it in terms of of the potential it has uh, and you're right that um with canada having a bit of a question mark with them with what they might swim this year um it wouldn't it doesn't take much as i say so um we'll see won't we when uh, when we get to Fukuoka and um, hopefully they'll they'll swim well and and no we can't control what everyone else does and if they're they're there or thereabouts then maybe it will fall their way yeah uh and so shifting from uh what you saw and you liked at trials what kind of surprised you in the opposite direction you know what was lackluster i mean for me i know luke greenbake just missing the team completely was was a pretty big surprise. I think backstroking has kind of been Britain's Achilles heel, especially on that men's medley relay the last few years. Um, but to see him who has medaled in the 200 back, I think of the last two world champs in the Olympics to, to just completely, you know, get third in that event um, was, was a pretty big shock for me. What, what did you see that was a bit, was a bit of a disappointment? I mean, I think that was that was a disappointment for him, and certainly it was a bit of a shock. I mean, there was some talk that maybe he'd been ill, um, mm. although I don't know. I've not heard that for sure. That was you no, know, just something that was mentioned in the commentary, um, which obviously would have affected things. Um, so that was a disappointment. I th- um, you know, obviously, you know, we knew that that Adam Peaty wasn't going to be swimming, um, you know, at the trials. So that was a disappointment, but it wasn't a. It wasn't a shock as such, but um, I think the um, the men's breaststroke without him did seem quite flat. Um, you know, James Wilby is excellent as an excellent breaststroker, but it wasn't he wasn't you know himself. I didn't think um, at, at trials he won the hundred. He was a bit better in the two hundred, um, but um, was not at his very best. And the, you know, behind him, you know, there wasn't the feeling that 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 there's this big rush of people who are going to replace Adam as and when he, you know, steps aside. But, you know, I may be being unfair. I mean, um, there were best times from Greg Butler and um, Archie uh, Archie Goodburn in there. So, you know, maybe I'm expecting too much because we've been spoiled, um, you know, for all these years by by Adam turning up and just being incredibly fast. But it, it felt a bit, it felt a bit flat in the men's breaststroke, I think. 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious how you think. So he, he's officially not on the world's team. I think there was a bit of speculation that, oh, he won't swim at trials, but they might select him for the world's team. So we can rule that out now. Uh, I'm curious how that might affect Britain's focus on their four by one medley, especially because their free relays are looking so stout, both the four by two, obviously where they're, I think the heavy favorites now, uh, at least in, you know, until we see, uh, the rest of the trials meets, especially, I think the U S is kind of maybe the only team that can challenge them at this point. Um, but you know, they, they look really good in that. They look really good in the four by one free four by medley. Like it's at the end of the meet, which I think makes it a little easier to, especially if it's their weakest relay to kind of just be like, all right, let's see what we've got. But what do you think the makeup of that relay is now or, or, or more of the focuses compared to the other two? Uh, I don't think the focus on it will have changed with no Adam. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, the squad won bronze, I think, at Worlds last year without him. Uh, obviously, James Wilby was was swimming in that. And as I say, he's a great breaststroker. Um, he's not Adam Peaty, and, you know, I don't think anyone would expect him to be. But, um, you know, he's he's more than capable of filling that that leg. Um, the, obviously, James Guy will be there for the for the fly, although... You know, Jacob Peters took a big step forward um, at trials with a, with a 51-1. And that's really important, if nothing else, because it gives a bit of um, flexibility for the heats. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to swim James in heats finals of the mixed and uh, men's medley relay. And then obviously you can pick one from about six for the free. So I think it comes down to the to the backstroke and, and which of the guys they've, they've taken can kind of move it on. I mean, Ollie Morgan was the, was the winner in the... Um, uh, in the individual hundred, he did a massive PB in the heats. Took about a second off his PB, fifty three seven. But you know he needs to keep moving that forwards if if the team's going to be competitive. I mean, Britain hasn't had a fifty two point backstroke since Chris Walker Hebben retired in about I'm going to say 2017, 2018, something like that. Um, and that's you know having Adam has always not covered up for it, but made up for it perhaps. Because you know you might lose a second to you know the US or whoever on on the first leg, but you gain a second and a half or two seconds back on the breaststroke, and then it's a straight shootout. Um, right. So it'll be really important for 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 Ollie or for um, someone like Cam Brooker, who's also been picked in the backstroke, just to keep that moving. Or Brody Williams, in fact, indeed, who swam swam in, uh, the backstroke legs at Commonwealth Games. You know, just to get the team off, you know, and hopefully keep pushing their times forward so that the other three can can do their business yeah <clears throat> just looking at results from last year's worlds like I, I forget that it's really impressive britain was bronze in both the four by two and the four by one medley without duncan scott and without adam Peaty <laughs> on either relay obviously Peaty wouldn't be on the four by two but you know no duncan scott and they still got great swims out of their guys jacob whittle and joe litchfield as well as guy and tom dean and then tom dean with a 47-4 anchor on the medley. I'm kind of curious, and I don't know how if this is his weakest stroke or what, but is there a chance Duncan Scott could swim the backstroke leg on the medley? <laughs> um, I don't think so. No. Okay. You know, I mean, he, frankly, he's so he's so good that if you told him he was going to and gave him long enough, I'm sure he'd be competitive. But I can't see that. I can't see that in the short term. No. No. Okay. I, it's like, 
yeah, I'm just thinking like, well, if they've got a 53-7 as their best PB right now, it's like, yeah, could could Duncan reliably give them a 53 low? Um, and I know they haven't done that before. And yeah, I don't know how explorative they are to that option, but he's, you know, he's such a good medley swimmer and just so strong and every stroke I, I was, I was just thinking, what if? Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, got to think about these things, uh, haven't you? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical that that would happen. I think, I think it would, it would have been more likely perhaps that they would try and convince him to swim the fly. Cause he's a pretty good 200 fly swimmer. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, I think with with James and Jacob now, it's probably less less requirement for him to do that anyway. But um, sure. yeah, he'll be battling it out to try and get on that freestyle leg because uh, you know that's not going to for the medley really anyway because that's not going to be straightforward. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and again, they're they're four by. I'm really excited to see their four by one free. I feel like they went for it in Tokyo, and it kind of just came up short of a medal. I think last year, you know, was kind of a down year with, with some guys being out and some guys being in for worlds and focusing on calm games. But then I feel like after that trials, after that trials final, uh, I think I, you know, I think they could top the podium. Um, if, if not, everyone else is on their game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having followed British swimming for a long time, the, like the prospects of, of, getting a medal, let alone the gold in that event is, is astonishing, frankly. I mean, for, for years and years, we couldn't get a guy who could swim sub 50, you know, and even going back, um, you know, I think it was 2000, 2003, I want to say before we had no British record was sub 50. And, um, you know, even going back to, to when, when the current performance director and coach came in, you know, nationals in 2014 or 2015 whenever was one in something like a 49.3 and you know and um that time that time this year would have been you know 13th or 14th you know in the in the heat so it's really really moved on um you know and we're in a, a lucky period that the four fastest 100 freestylers that, that britain's ever had in fact the five fastest 100 freestylers britain's ever had are all swimming now <laughs> and um you know and four of them have pbs at a sub 48 so uh it's you know the I, I you know I have to keep making sure I put a lid on it and don't get overexcited because otherwise I'll end up being disappointed when you know, when they when they uh, you know whatever with whatever they do at Worlds but um it is yeah incredibly exciting you know I've said yeah. that a lot in this in this conversation but that one really is you know exciting I I mean I think for me that's it's the most exciting just because it it seems like they've put an emphasis on it and you you've kind of seen the progression in the last couple of years. I said they took a took an off year last year. They got fourth last year by less than two tenths and they set a national record at Worlds. So they were not off even though they were not fully <laughs> loaded. Right. Uh and like you said, four guys all have PBs under 48. Two guys have been sub 47 from a relay swing. Uh, so it's like, you know, they, they look really good. So I'm, I'm excited to see that race in particular for them moving forward. Uh, yeah. And but- I think the other thing is the depth that, that was visible at these trials, you know, uh, British swimming has been burned a couple of times and this relay in Tokyo was one of them where they, you know, trying to manage people's workloads and stuff and they haven't quite got the, got the heat selections right. And they were ninth in Tokyo and didn't make the final. Um, but you know, the the depth last week was was such that I think they've got much more scope um, to to not you know 
not be written, not take so many risks, if you like, because it's the, the risk is much, that much smaller of not swimming your top four in the heats. So, uh, yeah, it should be good. Absolutely. Well, Steve, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and dissect British swimming. It was an exciting trials meet to watch. And, uh, it certainly got me pretty excited for worlds moving forward. Do you have any parting thoughts or, or any other wisdom to share before we sign off today? Um, I think, I think this year will be interesting in the context of Paris, of course, you know, it inevitably will be, but I think you, you spoke at the start about what that might mean for selection. I think, I think the results this year will make a big difference as to how, how they approach selection for Paris. Obviously the relays, uh, uh, you know, will take care of themselves in terms of, you know, whether they get high enough results. Um, to some extent but I think um, that might affect how they go about it and uh, it'll be interesting to see when, when the names come out who they who they pick for the you know, the other meets particularly the European under 23s because there's a few people who could have gone to Worlds who didn't get the nod um, uh, who may you know pop up in that team so it'll be interesting to see how they approach that as well but that's not out yet but it's um, be an interesting meet to watch just for who might be bubbling under and who we might see break through um, for next year's Olympics You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.